With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And unfortunately not Dave Watson because he has gone tropical. He's in Mauritius attending a wedding. Yes. Uh, Elton John and uh, David Furnish are <laughs> renewing their vows. <laughs> They needed some stats yeah. about the uh, success of marriages that have their vows renewed. And who do you go to if you want stats? Yeah, Dave. Has, Dave. Yeah, Dave has posted a couple of photos on social media, and they were stomach churning. Yeah, Paul, your neck—you're not back to full fitness yet, but you're—I'd say eighty-five percent. Eighty-five. Well, it's yeah. good of you to join us, but it's—it's—it's been—it's been hell. Dave doesn't think that mattresses can cause bad necks. <laughs> I'd listen to that. He also thought my... I heard him talking about my daughter being a newborn. She was two at the weekend. Yeah, I <laughs> thought about picking him up on that, but then I thought... You know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was talking off the cuff, as we all are. Back pain is a very serious problem. It is. It's not that serious. It's just annoying. But it's neck. Well, it's all... His back, shoulders, and neck all Well, went. they're all connected, yeah. aren't they? This is the thing. So uh, let's get straight into the, the game. I'll be honest, I didn't see the game. I was working. Oh. And I asked my woman to uh, record the game for me. Yeah. And mercifully, she forgot. It was not a classic. I don't... Th- I love Newcastle but I don't think I would have watched that game if I had had recorded it I think if you look at last season we were picked for Sky games quite a lot and you think Sky at some point are going to start wondering why do we keep doing this I think it's because we come with a guaranteed audience of just quite a large fan base that's what I'd like to think yeah but so does cockfighting doesn't mean it's right to televise it. <laughs> Was it right to televise this? Geordie Ash asks, 
seems as good a place to start as any. Kennedy, worst performance of a Newcastle player in the Premier League era? Question mark. For Kennedy? For Kennedy, yeah. Lloyd Kent says, I used to think Claudio Casapa's performance against Portsmouth in 2007 was the worst I've seen a Newcastle player play. Then up stepped Kennedy. Any other horrendous performances spring to mind? I'd say about 40 to 45% of Titus Bramble's performances in a Newcastle shirt perhaps have, have been more error strewn. Although you gave a. Uh, you, you, you oh, yeah, they were saying. Stat. They were saying, uh, I think it was Opta made the point at half time that Kennedy was the first Premier League player to not find a single teammate with a pass in 45 minutes of football since, I think it was Besic for, is either for Portsmouth or Everton, whoever he was at at the time. That is amazing. Yeah. But he's... That is amazing. He's more of a dribbler. I'm assuming he got... He's around. Like, it's not like yeah. a striker. A striker, you can sort of say, sometimes they just don't get involved. Yes, it's not like there's no service. Like, he did see the ball. But he's... It was just... It was a very poor game from him. But you look at last season, you think he's a young Brazilian sort of flair player. You're going to get bad games. We didn't really last season. I think we had one average game out of him. Yeah, you might get bad games. Are you going to get the worst game in Premier League history? I, I don't think it was that bad. He still got a shot or two away. His penalty was a One of them was a penalty. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Thomas Burkan reckoned that was the worst penalty he'd seen in 40 years of watching football. That's overstating it. At least, yeah, it was I'm on pretty, target at least. I'm pretty sure I've seen some penalties that like hit the corner flag on like compilation yeah or any penalty that goes over by more than like an inch I think I might understand why Thomas Burkhan said this because uh, looking on his uh, Twitter profile he's from uh, Bremen in uh, Deutschland oh, <laughs> you don't see any bad penalties in I Germany. do not understand he did not <laughs> sorry I started a German accent and then, oh, I uh, thought you were doing Indian <laughs> okay sorry I've not Let's stay away from that. But he, yeah. I think by the standards of German penalty taking, it would be abhorrent yeah. to see that Kennedy yes. penalty. But I'm, I think I've seen worse in the Premier League. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad penalty. It was the level of Southgate Euro 96. It was yeah. just, you know, weak and at a savable height. Who was the one, I can't remember who it was for, who did a really weird tiny run-up of like stuttery steps and then just kicked it to the keeper. It would help if I had more details than this. Okay, I remember that. Someone I did I think that. it was last season. I remember the perez Henri mix-up. Oh, yeah. I remember, you know, uh, Beckham falling over. I think there's been a lot of social media clamouring for a lot of what happened in our game to be the worst ever. It was just a poor performance. We've, like... When we went to Brighton away last season, that was equally as shit, I think. And at least we got a point out of Saturday's game. We did. We went to Brighton away last season. Yeah, lost 1-0. Yeah. Barely registered a shot on target. Well, I thought we would win this one, 1-0. One yeah. And had Kennedy scored that penalty, then we would have done in the 96th minute. 
I don't understand how... It seems as if Kennedy wasn't... There was a bit of a debate about who would take the penalty. This seems to be something that happens quite a lot in football now that didn't before. Everyone used to know who took the penalty. Well, they did. Kennedy... Richie is our penalty taker, but he right. wasn't on the pitch. Kennedy's second, then Shelby. Okay, so there was no debate. No, there was no debate. There was debate on Twitter, as there is about anything that ever happens. Like, why wasn't Kennedy hooked and Shelby told to take it because Kennedy had a shit game? But you can't do that as a manager. No, I don't think you can. But no, that was um, not a good penalty and not a good performance by Kennedy. Anything else to say about the game as a whole? I think up there for the worst performance, probably Hayden and Mankio were both pretty poor. Of course, we should talk about the Hayden red card. Hayden came on at half-time. Yeah, Mankio had been... Well, it was an odd one, because he'd been sort of run ragged by... Uh, which is the Murphy we've not got? Josh. Yeah. But when you watch the highlights afterwards, you don't see any footage of Josh Murphy beating him because it never led to anything. So actually, he wasn't responsible for anything major happening. He just... A winger who was quicker than him kept getting past him. Right. But he was he was pretty poor. And Hayden came on and was worse. It just shows the lack of depth we've got at fullback. Yeah, that's not good when you've got Hayden coming in for yeah for right back, and then he got himself off, sent off. Fair enough. I think so. It, first time I saw it, I didn't think it was. So in real time, it just looked like a a sliding tackle from behind, but not a red. But he does put his studs down the back of his Achilles. Yeah, the thing I'm still stuck in uh, the old days. When that was yeah. like a possible yellow. Well, I think on reflection, we should have had two red cards and they should have had one. Yeah. And we had one and they had none. So it's, it's sort of balanced out. So you definitely think Kennedy's lash out? Kennedy just kicking a guy off the ball for no reason is definitely a red card. Although he's not got a suspension for he it. He hasn't. I've no idea how. No. If I that don't. was Mitrovic, it probably would have been. Yeah. yeah he hasn't got it. A suspension, which is a dodge bullet, or maybe not, depending on whether you think this mm. form is going to continue from Kennedy. It does feel almost exactly like the beginning of last season, where Mitrovic did the same against West Ham. And we were a little bit all over the place. Do you remember the start of last season as well? We yeah. had Spurs' first game, lost that. Yeah. Second game, newly promoted team at home, which we lost. We've at least drawn this one. Yeah. So you could say there's a slight improvement. Or I think Huddersfield last year were a much better team than Cardiff this year. But now we've got a, a tasty series of ties coming up, so mm. that would have been a handy one to win, which I guess is why uh, there's a lot of uh, disgruntledness. Gr- gris- disgruntledness. Disgrunt- no, I'm going to say Is that the word. angry Christmas? Yeah. Disgruntledness by Calvin Klein. <laughs> and there was a lot of disgruntledness from the fans. Disgruntlement. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have to say about the game? Dave thought we'd win 2-0. I thought we'd win 1-0. You didn't. You had the luxury of not making a prediction. No, but I still thought... I actually thought we'd draw 0-0 and miss a 96-minute penalty. I wrote it down. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I thought we'd win as well. This Cardiff team is pretty poor. And nothing I saw on Saturday makes me think they're going to stay up. But I think, actually, talk about how bad a game Kennedy had. Their striker, Zahore, had mm. about five perfect balls 
played into him and just fluffed each one. Well, this is the thing. If we were so utterly appalling, the fact that we didn't lose is either a fairly good sign for us or a terrible sign for Cardiff. Yeah, we should have won, I think, really. A draw was just about fair, but I think if anyone deserved to win it, we probably did. Their keeper made a few good saves from Perez (coughs) that I think because of the speed he had coming out from his goal made them look like half-decent saves rather than the good saves they were. Because it just closed down any angle. Andy Sheldon says, Everybody's going nuts about how shit we were against Cardiff, but think how much the Cardiff fans must be worrying only managing a goalless draw against us and we marginally improved with a man sent off. FCB, I don't know what that stands for. F- fat Cockney Bastard, I think. Of course, fat, uh, fat Cockney Bastard goes on about wanting us to be self-sufficient and promoting players from the academy. How bleak is our future talent when Benitez sees the likes of Atsu, Mankio and Hasselu as being the better option? Well, we've not really got any academy players. The only sort of decent ones, Freddie Woodman, but he's not going to get in in goal ahead of Dubravka. Well, I think this is the point that Andy's making. You know, mm. We do have academy players. The point is that they're not capable of stepping up. It's yet. almost like we've not invested in our academy for several years. Yep, it might be that. Or maybe it's just the genes aren't good Could be in that. the northeast. That Callum Roberts, he's one, isn't he? Yeah, Sean Longstaff's another one. He was meant to go on loan to Portsmouth, but he's sticking around for the season now. And then we've got the memories of people like Adam Campbell. I had high hopes for yeah. Adam Campbell. Paul Dummett, weirdly, has been one of the better ones to come through. Love Paul Dummett. But I think a lot of that was because he went out on loan to Gateshead and it looked like he wasn't going to make it and then going out on loan helped him. Right. So you never know. So, should we have a break? Yeah. Let's have a break. I'm just absolutely knackered from that first half. <laughs> I need a break. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. Just before the break, we were talking about the Newcastle Academy and whether there wasn't anything there. But, Paul, you've got some breaking news, as in when we're actually recording this podcast. Yeah, well, it was a 7 o'clock kickoff. The under-23s playing Sunderland under-23s. So 7 o'clock, it will almost be finished now. Yeah. 5-0 to Newcastle. To Newcastle, fantastic. Sunderland... And the Sunderland Academy in the last few years, few years has produced some top players. Yeah. Jordan Pickford. Jordan. Only players called Jordan. But it's the Jordan Academy. It's the Jordan Academy. That, is, I, that has never occurred to me. Yeah. It was Jordan Ibe from the... They year. missed out on Jordan Ibe. It was a huge disappointment. It all started with... Um, isn't Michael Jordan twinned with Sunderland? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, well, that's some good news. That's really put a, a big a big light under our season. It's <laughs> made everything feel fine. Yeah, we have nothing to worry about now. So, uh, let's have a look at what else is going on on Twitter. Tony Armstrong says, I think it's too late once Rafa's gone at the end of the season. Ashley and his empire need to be targeted now. Brackets, 
by all legal means, that's quite good that he has yeah. to stress that, um, to force him out. What do you think? So think, I, th- I think he's right. I think this feels like the last... Benitez won't be here next season if Ashley's here. I don't know if you saw Carragher on Sky and yelled up. Jesus Christ. Fergus has just killed himself. A piece of equipment fell, but we're, we're still running. Yes, I did see Carragher. That was good. Yeah, and you sort of suspect he's possibly been briefed a bit by Benitez to say what he's saying. It feels or like- he's just paying the slightest bit of attention to yeah. what's gone on in the last 10 years, which hardly any ex-footballer seems to do, well, even though it's their job, their full-time job yeah. now to talk about football every week. And I know that they know more about the top teams, as you would expect. That is understandable. Mm. But like this Ashley issue has come up a lot on yeah. the programmes that they appear on every week. You would think that they might take a second to read like half an article... Well, Craig Bellamy on the same programme was sort of jumping to the defence of Ashley and then went very quiet when Carragher was talking about ex-Newcastle players just towing the line on this. It was quite nice to see see Bellamy squirming a bit. Mm. But yeah, Carragher did, like you say, he just came out with the facts and pointed out how badly run we've been. We've been relegated twice under him and the debts doubled under him. It's It's annoying that other channels allow people like Dennis Wise and Richard Keyes to come out with not just stuff that's debatable, but stuff that's untrue and doesn't get challenged. Well, it, it's a sign more broadly of what's going on in the world right now, Paul. Yeah. That people are allowed to go on uh, in, in the media and continue with lines that are like already factually disproven. Yeah, but to go back to the question, I think uh, one thing Carragher said, which I do agree with, if Ashley's there next season, Rafa won't be. So it it does feel like if we don't make a concerted effort to get rid of him this season, then we can't really complain when he's there next season. Well, I'm glad that he's he said that we should do it by all legal means. We're not quite at the point where we're going to be start setting up a paramilitary group. But what we can do, I don't know. I, it is one of those things where... I'm so, I said to you before the pod, I'm so sick of talking about Ashley because it just goes on and on and on and you yeah. drift in and out of thinking about it. It's, it's like climate change. The problem or, is... because you like Trump or something. You go in and out of getting stressed and annoyed about it because you just have to accept it because it feels like this is the reality now and we're never going to get out of it. But maybe there is a way that the fans can influence it somehow. yeah no football chairman stewardship lasts forever so he will be gone at some yes, point yes he will be but is we have do we do have any to... do we have any influence on that happening i think so i think if you target sports direct in a way there are newcastle fan groups doing it at the minute there were protests outside sports direct the other week which drew i think a couple of thousand people i don't think it's any coincidence that since those things have started happening these people have started coming up on Bay in sports like Dennis Wise suddenly appearing making pro Ashley points I think that's part of a concerted but one rebuttal one it feels weird it's like you almost need to embrace his villain his position as a villain and that yeah Mike Ashley because it it's so late in the day to to start trying to persuade people that you've got any like redeeming qualities as an owner, but to second 
that I don't know, like what he expects to get out of that, I don't know. But secondly, to have as your spokesperson, Dennis Wise, <laughs> who, who is has such a bad image amongst the Newcastle fans, rightly, and was directly involved mm. in Mike Ashley losing a court case. But I don't think the message is for the Newcastle fans. It's for the people who don't really know what's going on, so they can say, oh, it's just the Geordies being like difficult. It's so frustrating. I'm, there is so much going on in the world, and you don't, I don't expect people to read up on Newcastle, but these are like basic facts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of basic facts, I can't find it right now. I tweeted it on the Newcastle Matter account. I'm so sorry that I can't credit who did it, but somebody put out, uh, and maybe this is the problem, maybe I'm just believing everything I see on social media, but it looked pretty accurate. It's not another so, Nigerian prince. <laughs> somebody put out uh, Mike Ashley's reign by numbers. Oh, yeah, I think that might have been Chris Holt. If I think not, it, was, it, it, was, been... it was. It was Chris Holt, and it was... It wasn't just transfers, it was everything. It was an exhaustive spreadsheet of yeah uh, of it's of exactly what's gone wrong in the last ten years. Yeah. It? I think our average spend per season is something like three or four million. Yeah. Which considering the money in top flight football now is ridiculous. And it's not it's not just about transfer fees, it's got the, the wages there, it's got the money that we've paid to Sports Direct and the money yeah. that they have not paid us for advertising. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. But yeah, I guess we're just going to go on about Ashley forever. So, But if, you can vote with your feet as well. You can boycott games, you can not shop at Sports Direct, you can help promote stuff that other Newcastle fan groups are doing to stop people doing that. It all feels pretty meaningless, but you might as well do something rather than nothing. It feels like you should, but like, it just... You should do a rap and put it on YouTube. I'm going to do... I'm going to do the best piece of contemporary dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be so powerful. He's going to have no option but to leave. Yes, it's going to be so powerful. You may laugh now, but when you see this piece (laughs) of dance that I do outside... Sports Direct, midday, this Sunday, live. Yeah. Guy Sports News will cut to it. (laughs) (laughs) No. But the thing is, is it is a hobby watching Newcastle. It's like, should you have to get political about it? It's different for us, I think, because we're not in the city. That's true. And we're not spending £1,000 a year on it. The prosperity of the city and the happiness of the city are tied into the football club. It's not just... I don't think you can consider a football club just to be a sports team that somebody owns now. They're a community asset. And the ownership rules of football clubs doesn't really reflect that. You compare it to like Germany, where all the clubs have to be 50% fan-owned. They do reflect that it's part of the community. We don't have that here. I think this is the good thing that... Germans and also the bad thing is they they're quite good at mobilizing <laughs> they're good at everything <laughs> historically it can go either way but they can they're quite good at getting together a collective that works towards one goal yeah and when that goal <laughs> is to do with uh, making sure that a football club is better uh, managed then that's a good thing and again if you step outside those rules you will receive accurate penalties 
as you do in all walks of life in Germany. Yeah, yeah they're all good at taking penalties. Now, or anything else from social media? Stephen M. Sharp says, with us earning something like 17 straight reds with the opposing teams earning, without the opposing teams earning them, I wonder if that fact is true, I wonder, are the tune the brutes of the north? I think we are quite a dirty team. Quite tasty, aren't but we? But we're quite a lightweight team. We've not got any... They're players that you think they're not really putting it about. There's no big guys getting sent off for sort of thumping tackles. It's all quite needly. Look at Shelby last season against Spurs, just standing on... Well, Mitrovic is a bit of a big guy, but yeah, maybe we've got a bit yeah. of a team, a team of Craig Bellamy's. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realise Kennedy had it in him. I, I, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't... I, I had the luxury of not sitting through 90 minutes of Kennedy's performance... But I, I still like the man. Well, he's still one of our best players, if not our best player, based on from the midpoint of last season to now. But we now know what he's capable of. Well, the I think it, it's ridiculous to judge if he's played, what, 18 games. It's probably less than that. But either way, it makes more sense to judge him on 17 of those rather than one of those. Sure. Fair enough. Leon Steed would like to know what our percentage is uh, at this moment in time on us being relegated. Uh, 20 for me. I was going to say 20 as well. I think we'll stay up. I, th- I think there are worse teams. There's certainly worse defences than ours, and I think that's what it will come down to. You look at Huddersfield, Southampton, and even though the others, I think, will get it right, you look at the other promoted teams of... Uh, I think Cardiff will almost definitely go down. It's not clicking for Wolves yet. Fulham look very naive defensively, even though they played nice football. That might not be enough for them. Who knows who will end up below us, but I'm pretty damn confident that there will be teams below us. Um, But I predict over the next month the mood is not going to be improved amongst the Newcastle fans because we've got some difficult ties coming up. Although you never know, some a, a well-earned uh, point away at, at Manchester City or something could improve everyone's mood. Well, that seems very unlikely. But we do have this Sunday, Chelsea. It's a four o'clock kick-off. Sky have deemed us... Uh, Entertaining once again, although maybe Chelsea made a bigger. Oh, you know the, what the fuck I'm saying, right? We've got Ch- <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got Chelsea on Sunday. How do you think that's going to go, Paul? I do worry. A, it would be nice to have Yedlin back. I'm not sure if we will or not. He's been in training this week, but I do worry. You look at where we looked weakest at the weekend is down that right flank. Mm. They've got Eden Hazard on their left wing doesn't bode too well but they've been defensively pretty poor so far this season I don't know if you saw their game against Arsenal they conceded twice could and should have conceded another two or three at least I think we'll get chances I don't I think Sarri will click into place but I think they've had a couple of kind results that have made them look possibly better than they are so far yeah they I think they've it's they the sort of game I could see us drawing. Right. 
I definitely could see them conceding a goal or two. But uh, in attack, I think they mm. could well be uh, far too much for us to take. One worry from the Cardiff game, I think because Richie and Kennedy, neither of them were there sort of defensively covering at all. There were so many crosses coming in. That's fine when you've got Zahore from Cardiff in the box, but if you've got Morata or Giroud, then you're yeah. going to concede quite a lot. And we're not going to have Kennedy either because he's a Chelsea player. So it's going to be either right. Atsu or Murphy. One thing that might happen, I think if Yedlin's not fit, because Manquillo's definitely not going to be, then I'd be fairly confident we'll play three at the back and have maybe Murphy right wing back. But then, of course, there's no Kennedy. There's probably Murphy and Atsu or Richie and Murphy. Have we done three at the back under... We've tried it a few times. We did for the, for the end of the game. After Hayden was sent off, Right, Kennedy went to left wing back, Murphy went to right wing oh, back. Oh, we did it a bit in the championship as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we had a bit more control of the game after. Like We looked probably better with 10 men than we did with 11 on Saturday. We never know, maybe we'll do that and maybe it'll end up almost like five at the back. Yeah, I mean the problem is our one wing back who's good at playing that system is Kennedy and he's not going to be available, so who knows. I think another thing to talk about defensively though is even though Kieran Clark's not done that much wrong, I would like to see Fernandez or Cher coming in because they're just they're both a bit better at playing the ball. Could be a bit of a baptism of fire throwing them in against it could, that attack. But I think if you look at Lascelles and Clark, they're both effectively the same player. They're good at getting rid of the ball. They're good at the sort of the bread and butter of defence. They're both half a John Terry. Put them together yeah. and they're one John Terry. Whereas you look at what Lejeune brought us last season, he was the out ball. It's no coincidence that Dubravka's looked a bit worse because he's having to go longer all the time, can't find wingers really. Before, it would just be quite short balls or throws out to Lejeune and moves would start from him. And I think Fernandez and to a lesser extent Cher are better at that. Both are definitely better at that than Kieran Clark. Well, they've got to start at some point, so it would be nice. I'd like to see Fernandez. I think Rondon probably has to start. Do you have a prediction for the score? One all. Okay. I have no confidence in that at all. Well, you've gone for it. One all. Fair enough. You will win the laurels if it happens. Good. What are laurels? I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't confident of that phrase as I said it. Plaudits, you'll win the plaudits. Yeah, I'll take that. And the laurels. And the hardies. And the hardies. Now, I should have a pretty... I think Chelsea will win 3-1. Not a bad... Was that the score last... That was at Stamford Bridge, I think. Were we there when it was 3-1? Hazard tore us apart that day. He did. He was... That was when I... I knew he was very good, but Mm. seeing Hazard live last season with you, Paul was when I really appreciated, oh, he is utterly world-class, Hazard. He's, he's got to be in the top ten players in the world, if not maybe five. Although our last time we played Chelsea at home was the final game of the season last year, 3-0 Newcastle win, so we do have some reasons for optimism. There we go. Circumstances were somewhat different, but yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Two yeah. Perez goals and a Dwight Gale one. I'm not Googling this. <laughs> John Joe Shelby, I don't know if you remember, assisted a goal in the 59th minute. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, we'll remember that. I'm sure you just... can remember the lineups of. Uh... Yeah. Murphy started that game. I did not realise. Right, okay. So who knows? Who knows? We could do it. We always seem all right at home against Chelsea. I don't, well, I don't know if I've got that confused with always good against Mourinho, but it feels like Chelsea at St James's, we've got a fairly decent record of. In my head, we've done quite well against Chelsea in the past, and in my head, yeah, Chelsea and Spurs are the two like big teams we've had quite a few good results against. Arsenal as well, of late, at St James's, we've been OK against. We've got them soon. The problem is we've got Chelsea, then we've got Forest away in the cup and then Man City and then Arsenal so it's quite a tough run coming up yeah be fun yeah I think we can just it, let's just say to ourselves n- no points from three games from the next three Premier League games is okay no one needs to lose their shit yeah we just would like to see some some uh, fight I would take two points from those three games, which is a bit ridiculous when two of them are at home. I think we can easily get three or four points from those three games. Easily? Well, conceivably. If you look at Chelsea at home and Arsenal at home last season, didn't we get six points from those two games? Right. And Man City at home we got nothing from, obviously. But those three games we got six points last season. Well, good luck to the Magpies. (laughs) I've just noticed that the Forest game... Sky are addicted to us. I know. The Forest game is on Sky. And then the Man City one's on BT. We are hot shit. (laughs) We're really not, though. Okay, well, uh, it's been hot shit to spend uh, 30 or 40 minutes in your company, Paul. Thank you very much. And in the company of you, the Newcastle Natter listener, please remember to follow us on Twitter at Newcastle Natter get in touch rate us on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast and um, you know tell your friends and family where you've been what you've been listening to thank you very much my name is Phil <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it that's it I'm out bye bye this is a playback media production To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.